The following episode contains discussion that may be triggering to some listeners and is not suitable for audiences under the age of 18. Listener discretion is advised. Sexual healing, how and why it is important, what it can help you achieve, and how it can help you heal your relationship to sex and sexuality and build more confidence in your body. Hello and welcome to the Skellington Grin Podcast, a place of conversation, exploration, and connection through spirituality. I'm your host, Alice B. Skellinger tarot reader, poet, and spiritual enthusiast, and today we will be talking about sexual healing. I am discussing this on a spiritual podcast to bring a little bit of my own experience and share this with you, and how sexual energy and magic and spiritual practices help me to find healing from trauma. I will also be bringing in an article from Times of India in which they spoke to Teal Swan about what sexual healing is, how long of the process it is and what it can actually help and how it can benefit you. I did state at the beginning of this episode, I posted a disclaimer stating that this episode is not intended for audience members under the age of 18 and that we will be discussing some heavy topics in this episode. So if you feel that these topics might be a little bit triggering to you, I would advise you to go ahead and click away from this episode right now. Without further ado, let's dive right in. In recent years, society has collectively become more progressive in its understanding of sexuality and the difference between it and sexual orientation, as well as the difference between sexual orientation, sexual identity, and gender identity. Despite this progressiveness, however, there is a discourse on sexuality and sexual education that still perpetuates the following. Premarital sex is a sin, masturbation is a taboo, girls should cover up so that they're not tempting to boys, if you're born a boy, you stay a boy, if you're born a girl, you stay a girl, and if you are showing too much with what you wear, you are asking for it. Coupled with the continuation of some outdated beauty standards, individuals still regularly struggle with body images, especially when engaging in sexual intercourse. They experience things such as shame and guilt, And these experiences of shame and guilt will only worsen when a person experiences any type of sexual trauma. So, what is sexual healing and how is it important and why are we talking about it in conjunction with talking about trauma? Before I go into my own personal experience, I want to read a little bit of an article from Times of India where they spoke to Teal Swan an international spiritual catalyst to understand what she has to say about the idea of owning up to one's sexuality and how sex can be used to heal. So what is sexual healing? As I stated before, sexual healing is the idea that sex and sexual energy can be used to heal. It is also the idea that we can heal our relationship to sexuality in and of itself. So it's kind of like a... The way that Teal Swan states, it's almost like a rehabilitation process to heal your relationship with sex and sexuality. 
Through this process, you can also heal your relationship to your body, especially if you wind up having body image issues due to sexual trauma. So what is the process of sexual healing? It's going to be an individual process because different people have different traumas. And if you are someone who is helping someone through the process of sexual healing, and you are, say, a sexual healing coach because you provide um, coaching through Tantra or helping them learn Kama Sutra because those are some, some spiritual practices that combine sex and spirituality, um, you're not going to help someone who has an addiction the same way that you would help someone who has a total aversion to sex. You're also not going to help someone who has an addiction to sex the same way that you are going to help someone who has experienced sexual assault. So, in general, a person has to find new and positive ways of relating to sex by revisiting and bringing resolution to any traumas that they have experienced. And because it is a bit of a trauma healing process, it can bring up some very heavy topics. So to break away from this article for a minute, I want to share my experience and why it, it might even give you a little bit more of an explanation as to why I am sharing this and why I am making this episode today. Before I turned 21, and before I went into my first semester of college, um, I was in a relationship with someone who wound up being pretty toxic towards me. We had a pretty on-again, off-again, toxic relationship in which we were both projecting onto each other. So I will say that it wasn't just one-sided abuse. However, we wound up having an experience that to this day I still haven't forgotten. And although I'm doing the work even to this day to heal from this experience, it's still something that I share because I want to be able to help other people who've gone through a similar experience. One night, said partner came into our bedroom that we shared and came in kind of high and drunk (laughs) and decided that we would have sex. I really wasn't into it, but I pretty much gave in to my partner. And it was pretty much coercion. That coercive act, sorry, coercive act, led to a baby. And I miscarried that baby at about two and a half months. And that was a pretty traumatic experience. I went to school, didn't really tell too many people that it had happened. Um, And by the time I did tell people what had happened to me and my experience, I had also experienced another assault from a friend in college. I was coerced into performing oral sex on this person, and then about a few weeks later, coerced into having sex with this person. And it took me 
a very long time to heal from that. Which brings me to the next point that Teal Swan makes. The process of sexual healing is completely dependent on the individual and exactly what they are struggling with. So, for some, it can only take a few months because maybe they feel comfortable reporting what happened to them and they go ahead and do it. And they go ahead and get the help and the treatment that they need right off that. For some, it takes a long time to even register what happened. For for majority of people who especially go through sexual trauma, whether it's abuse, assault, rape, um, whatever it is, when they are going through that kind of trauma, or when they have experienced that kind of trauma, more often than not, they will go sometimes years before admitting it to friends, to family, even to a therapist and seeking the help that they need, the help that they deserve to get. Because when you're dealing with trauma, what what usually happens is first your body processes it as shock and then you start to feel guilty. You feel like it's your fault. So, depending on the brevity of the trauma, depending on the complexity of the trauma and the depth of the trauma, will determine how long of a process it will be for someone to heal and to also become more comfortable using sex as a tool for that healing. Also, I want to pause and put another disclaimer. I am not saying that you should automatically start using sex to heal from any kind of trauma. Use sex to heal from trauma when you are ready. Use sex to heal your relationship with your body when you are ready. Trust me, it's a process. Trust the process. And don't push yourself into a process that you are not ready to explore. So, the next point that Teal Swan makes is, can it heal both partners in a relationship or only one? So this goes more into relationship sexual healing as opposed to individual sexual healing. So she says that you cannot exist in a bubble. So anytime you heal, you are adding healing to the world. It is very hard for one partner to begin a process of healing and have the other partner stay in an unhealthy pattern. Often it catalyzes the other to enter a process of healing as well or to go elsewhere to find another dysfunctional relationship. And that can happen even without the context of sex. But within the context of sex, it can, it can be a catalyst for both partners to start healing themselves. Does healing require two partners or can it be achieved through self-pleasure and through self-exploration? Absolutely, it involves both. It is incredibly healing to develop a relationship with sexuality separate of anyone else through auto-pleasure or masturbation and through just simply exploring the body through breath work, through meditation, through tantra. Um, And tantra can be done alone. Tantra meditations can be done alone. But there is a different process to the healing when it is done with another person, especially if you might be healing similar wounds together 
or you might be healing similar traumas. Even if you haven't had 100% the same experiences, you might be healing similar traumas when you do it with another person. The majority of sexual damage happens in conjunction with relationships with other people. So the aspect of trauma that is caused by relationships can only be healed in the context of relationships. So, while it is totally achievable to do on your own and to go through sexual healing on your own, it is a different experience altogether if you are doing it in the context of a relationship. And there have been times where going from one relationship and taking some time alone, um, especially if that relationship did leave you with some trauma, taking some time alone to work on yourself, to heal yourself, to get any kind of treatments that you need, or even to have the kind of experiences that you feel that you need at the moment, can help you to feel more confident when you do go into a new relationship and if you go from one relationship to another not saying you know necessarily back to back but when you go from one relationship to another you still bring some of that pain from that previous relationship with you and sometimes it can be hard to recognize what you might still be storing from the old relationship um It'll come up in ways of immediately starting to look for red flags or um, not feeling comfortable around that person and sometimes already projecting that they might be a person that's going to hurt you as well. And so that brings me into multiple sex partners. Is Is it too much beyond the pale? Or is it something that is good or bad? And this is what Teal had to say. It isn't good or bad. And I will also say that it is not good nor bad in and of itself to have multiple sexual partners. Your healing and your processes of going through life are going to be your own individual processes. So I I want to post this disclaimer again that I am not preaching any kind of specific rhetoric or any kind of specific advice to everyone. I am simply sharing what I have learned and also sharing my experiences with you. But it's neither good or bad in and of itself to have multiple sexual partners. But in general, the decision to have multiple sexual partners can come from either a fear of intimacy, a fear of commitment, or a fear of a lack of freedom. It can be a rebellion of sorts, with the exception of a few scenarios. Most people would be more successful at creating healthy sexual relationships and especially sexual healing if they developed a relationship with one person and established trust with one person and used the stability of that level of intimacy to expand their sexuality. Especially when you are going through sexual healing in the uh, realm of being within a relationship. Which brings me to um, kind of the ideas about sex and also having um, sex in, in healing practices and spiritual practices and magical practices. Because I identify as an eclectic witch, um, sex magic is something that I have explored. And sex magic can be auto magic and can also be 
um, you know, partnered magic. I think I actually did an episode on this a little bit um, in season one. I forgot how long ago I did it though. But I did talk a little bit about sexual magic. And um, actually, no, I did. I did uh, an episode about a month ago about sex magic in season one. And, or maybe it might have been the beginning of season two. Wow, I'm getting my seasons mixed up, you guys. But (laughs) that happens. Um, But I did do an episode about sex magic, is my point. And sex magic can incorporate um, certain types of healing because you are with a partner, especially. um, You are connecting to that other person's sexual energy. So when you are experiencing sexual healing with a partner or you are performing sexual magic with a partner, you're working on creating a space between the two of you to... um, not only explore each other's bodies, not only, you know, have sex, not only have that intimacy and create that intimate field, but if there is any trauma stored within them, that is going to also be reflected onto you. And any trauma that you have stored within your sex centers is going to project onto them. And anything that they are going through is going to in and of itself be energetically transferred to you and vice versa through learning about sexual healing sexual practices in spirit and magic um, i have learned that sex can be one of the biggest energy exchanges and that's why we say that sex energy is sacred and that's why it is also um in in uh the practice of chakra healing and um aligning the chakras in in vedic magic and um, hinduism the sacral chakra is connected to sex and creativity and it sits right behind the space between the navel and the groin so in and of itself anything that is stored in that space whether it's um remnants of trauma or it is uh, remnants of any kind of body image issues that you have picked up because of um, bullying uh, or um, something a a previous partner might have told you towards your body you're going to feel that even when you are creating a safe space with someone else and it is going to transfer to them and the energy that you share within this intimate field is a very sacred energy because your sexual energy is also in tandem with your creative energy that is another reason why it is called procreation when we have sex with the intent of creating life however this is not about babies (laughs) this is not about having babies this is simply about sexual healing and healing from trauma can sexual healing help you to heal from any kind of trauma yes it can it can help you to heal from abuse it can help you to heal from um, not only sexual trauma but body image issues Um, and I'm not going to get too deep into that topic because there are certain things that I still don't know about and I don't want to come off as as being this person who who knows or who might, you know, give any kind of false information. 
um, from what I don't know. So I'm only sharing what I do know. But in my personal experience, um, using sex and sexual energy both um, by myself and with a partner, I was able to look at myself in a different way, um, particularly when it came to such things as looking at myself in a mirror, for example. I started to have more of an appreciation for my body and I started to learn the responses that my body had to certain things, whether it was um, just an intimate touch, such as being touched on my shoulders and receiving hugs, um, or it was actually more sexually intimate, such as having my waist touched, for example, or my belly touched, or my thighs touched, or... um, how I would get shy before receiving oral and less shy when I was going to give oral. <laughs> um, and, and I know I'm getting a little explicit here, but we are talking about an explicit topic. Um, so I was not as shy when it came to giving oral until I had an experience in which a partner told me that I was pretty much shit at it compared to another person. Yikes. <laughs> so for a bit I did have a little a little bit of a um a little bit of a um insecurity around giving oral. I was like, am I good? Am I shit at it? You know, like um but uh recent partners that I did have uh in the past couple of years have told me that I that uh the person who told me that absolutely lied to me. So thank you to those people who have restored that confidence, (laughs) have helped me to restore that confidence, I should say. Thank you very much. Um, But I also worked on restoring my confidence in myself by spending time alone, by spending time discovering my body, by spending time sometimes just looking in the mirror and looking at the parts of my body that I used to say that I hated. And I used to hate my body. There are still times where I don't always feel the most confident or comfortable in my body because I'm going to tell you right now, I'm a big girl. If you were to see me, you would, you would see how curvy I am. You would see that, you know, I'm, I'm not, (laughs) you know, uh, I don't really have an hourglass figure. I have big hips. I have a big butt. (laughs) I have big thighs. Um, I'm very curvy. I'm also very chonky. Um, That's how I like to say it because chonk is beautiful to me. Um, But I'm very voluptuous and um, I'm very curvy. I'm short and stout pretty much. All right. (laughs) But um, I used to hate that factoid. I used to hate my belly especially. And I started to embrace myself after a while. I've been single for four years. I've had a couple of hookups within that time, but... I've been single for four years and um, spending this time with myself and learning to love myself and learning to heal myself and going through therapy and going through a spiritual journey and getting in touch with myself and what I really loved to do when it came to spirituality and becoming a tarot reader and just all of these different things that I have gone through in the past four years. Um, have really helped me to develop a healthier relationship with my body and with myself and also with my sexuality. I've explored different parts of myself and recognized that I'm not just attracted to guys, I'm still attracted to girls. I came out as bisexual to my mother when I was 14 years old and hey mom, that still hasn't changed. (laughs) Uh, Like I still like girls, but 
I've also recognized that I am pansexual and that sometimes I might lean a little bit demisexual. Even though I don't identify as being demisexual, I identify as being pansexual because gender doesn't matter to me. (laughs) You know, I'm not going to find one gender more attractive than another. Um, I don't have a gender preference, I guess. Um, and I hate when people use the word preference anyway, because it's not a preference. It's a, it's an orientation. And even though I have had a history of dating more guys than girls, it, it comes down to, um, who I wound up at that time having a connection with, um, and the kinds of connections that I was forming. I found, most often in my life that it was easier for me to form platonic connections with females than it was for me to form platonic connections with males. It was usually that I would have maybe a handful of male friends, but then I would have a lot of males that I would crush on. <laughs> and and just because I had more of a tendency to have a male crush more than a female crush, um, doesn't mean that I'm not attracted to girls. I know that I'm attracted to women. Um, my uh, my female crushes are still to this day Linda Cardellini, Piper Perabo, uh, Nicole Kidman, uh, because I was crushing on her ever since I was seven years old and saw Moulin Rouge. But, um, you know, so I always knew that I kind of had an attraction to girls. But... I never really knew what it was, and I always thought that if I were to come out and say that I was attracted to girls, that I would be shunned by my family. And I finally got over that, and I discovered uh, when I was about 25, 26, that I was actually pansexual, as opposed to just bisexual. And I also discovered that I identify with being female, but that I also identify with being non-binary. And I am now going to be 28 later this year, and that is exactly how I identify. And it took me a while to discover that within myself. But with discovering that and with, you know, kind of catering to my own needs and not really being dependent on somebody else to cater to my needs and discovering what made me feel good, discovering what didn't make me feel good, um, not even just sexually, but in like my body in and of myself I started to love myself and I started to use different practices to heal and one of the practices that I use to this day is sometimes when I am meditating I use the Tantra kiss method Um, and that method is pretty much kind of like a flow from you to another person but you can even use it on yourself, I've, I've realized. You can envision another person and envision you sending them that energy, but you can also use that energy on yourself. And you, you kind of like um, do the exchange by putting your hand over their heart and their hand over your heart and then your hand over their hand and gazing into each other's eyes and regulating your breathing with their breathing. And, you know, because you're regulating your breathing with their breathing, you're also regulating your heartbeat and your heart is beating in tandem. And it's a meditative practice. So, but it was something that I, I tried and, and that 
I've started to try again that has really brought me into this space within myself where I felt more confident and comfortable and more able to regulate my breathing sometimes. Um, another technique that I have also used is that I, um, I do yoga a lot and heart opener and hip opener exercises can definitely get you in touch with that um, sexual healing. Because when you're opening your heart, you are opening to more of a space of love, not only from other people, but towards yourself. And when you are doing hip opening exercises, that can open any trapped energy within the sacral chakra and within those lower, um, those lower body positions, such as your groin, your hips, your, your, your belly, your gut, <laughs> um, all of that. So it can alleviate some tension there and can alleviate and, um, bring to the surface anything that might be repressed um so yeah and the last thing that teal comments on is osho's ideas about sex that we as a society are afraid of sex and the more sexual a person is the more intelligent he is so teal swan stated that osho is one of the favorite new thought leaders of of all time and that she agreed with the idea that our relationship with sex around the world is dysfunctional. We get mixed messages about it all day, every day, because we are afraid of sex, but we use sex to control each other, and it's also one of the biggest dysfunctions of the human race. So, you know, it's like sexuality is an important part of spiritual practices and instead of a detriment. But not only that, what she said about how we get mixed messages about sex every day, all day, is true because we we see sexuality played out on tv you know like if we're if we're watching sex scenes or if we're watching um you know people make out on screen or if we're seeing women who are wearing something that might be revealing um and we we always have the you know iconic sex symbol in in movies you know and um for example uh Angelina Jolie being played up as a sex symbol or Megan Fox being played up as a sex symbol and and you know we we have this idea that um you know a woman has to be a certain way and have a certain figure and have a certain physique to be sexy and that plays into those beauty standards that we still have to this day where an hourglass figure and a size you know between size two like zero to six is is more appealing than um being a size eight and above and and that you can't be sexy if you're a big girl and and it's just these completely bogus things that we are fed sometimes and that we are simultaneously taught to fear sex while also being taught to um go after sex because we see you know sex on tv and and um we we see these beauty standards that are still played up and it's just like it forms this dichotomy and this dysfunction because we don't know which side of the coin we should be looking at (laughs) um and i think from my personal opinion sex is an integral part within life because Yes, we're going to give into that carnal desire to have sex if we are so inclined. We are going to give into who strikes our sexual appeal. Um, 
when we when we get into a relationship we are going to go with the person that not only do we connect with on an intellectual and an emotional level but also someone who has that sex appeal that you know we find them physically attractive um not everyone is going to have that experience but we are going to be inclined for the majority to go after people that we find sexually appealing and excuse me um it is something that is pretty integral to our lives it is something that we should embrace as an important part of our lives because we as humans um experiencing a human existence have a bit of an animalistic existence as well because we are part of the animal kingdom and we do experience carnal desire hang on i am about to take a sip of water if you're new here, you will sometimes hear me taking a sip of water on an episode <laughs> because your girl is a fast talker <laughs> and um, I sometimes get winded just from speaking because I am talking too fast to keep up with my brain. <laughs> but um, to wrap up this episode, sexual healing can bring about a healthy relationship with sexuality, sex, and your own body. It is a process that should be trusted and only taken on when you feel comfortable. And it is a different process for each person, even within the context of a relationship. So even if you are in a relationship and you are healing through sex with a partner, you might be healing from something different than they are healing from. And while sex should not be a key to healing everything that is going on in your life and, every, and everything that is causing you pain or trauma or strife, it can be utilized as a very important tool. So to end this episode, I want to say thank you for tuning in. And as always... I hope you have amazing conversations, create wonderful connections, and explore many beautiful things through spirituality. You are safe, you are secure, you are seen, you are validated, and you are heard. You are worthy, you are deserving, and you are deserving of whatever healing that you need to go through right now. You are deserving of being heard. I love you, and I'm proud of you. I'll see you next time. If you enjoyed today's episode, feel free to leave a rating and a review. Not only will that rating and review help me, but it will also help others like you know to tune into this podcast. If you would like to connect with me on social media, feel free to follow me at Skellington Grin on both Instagram and TikTok. If you would like to purchase or book a private reading session with me, feel free to email me at cardomancybyalice at gmail.com or simply go to my website at skellingtongrin.square.site. Until next time, I hope you have amazing conversations, have wonderful explorations, and continue making true connections through spirituality.